Confronting current marketplace issues surrounding the cannabis industry. Welcome to Cannabis Realities, represented by the law offices of Brock Eichler, LLC. Go inside current marketplace issues with insightful interviews from the thought leaders making the case for cannabis. Podcasting from the Garden State of New Jersey, Cannabis Realities, represented by the law offices of Brock Eichler, LLC, is now in session. Here to make our opening statement is our lead counselor, Charles Gormelli. Welcome back to Cannabis Realities, where our mission is to deliver insights and reliable information from thought leaders who have demonstrated expertise in the wide spectrum of issues encountered in the cannabis business and cannabis reform movement that is sweeping the country. Today, we're extremely happy to welcome Chris Melillo, who's the Senior Vice President of Retail Operations for one of the leading cannabis businesses in the nation, Cureleaf. Please join me in welcoming Chris Melillo. Chris, thanks so much for taking the time. Charles, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. So, Chris, I always like to share with our audience everybody's individual journey to uh, arriving at the opportunity that you're in now in, to being involved in cannabis business. How did you, how did you find yourself uh, in the cannabis business? It's, it's a little bit of a two-pronged approach, uh, half business, half personal, and it kind of got me to where I am today. Uh, I was living in Portland, Oregon, working for Nike uh, out on their big campus in Beaverton. Um, and cannabis was popping up all around me in the adult use market. Oregon had gone adult use and it was, you just mom and pop shops opening up everywhere. So my business eye went to the inconsistency at retail uh, for this number of shops that were around me. And then as I started to explore, started to see more and more of the same shops that were led by the same company, but didn't look or feel the same. And just a, a very startup mentality, if you will. But I saw it with the regulatory environment that it was operating in, that it was right for somebody with my skill sets, which is standardizing and scaling uh, the retail footprint as well as the experience. So that was one half of it. The other half of it was a little bit more personal. And it's uh, before I moved, uh, the year before I moved out to Oregon, my mom had been diagnosed with uh, lung cancer. And uh, kind of the small cell, fast moving, uh, we lost her about a year after. And what I realized living out there and a little bit more, I was living in New York prior to that, when I, when I, prior to me going out to uh, Oregon, but a more liberal state. And I realized after she had passed that I probably could have made the last parts of her life a little bit more comfortable. Um, she struggled with chemo and radiation and just bout after bout. And I just realized how uncomfortable she was and she probably didn't have to do that, but I didn't learn that until she was already gone or didn't really realize it. So it's kind of a, a convergence of um, three things was the personal story with my mom, the my business eye to high growth, um, high inconsistency, needing probably a little bit more classically trained re retail people to come into the space. And then I truly believe in the product. I think the product has unbelievable untapped or un. Uh, marketed benefits that you, you put those three together, you find like you have a mission or a calling to go do something. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, I moved back to the East with a, a different footwear company. And I got a call from our CEO, Joe Lasardi, And he said, I woke up this morning and I have a retail company. I need help. And here I am. So it's, uh, that's the fast forward story. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny that you're 
your experience parallels a lot of folks that I've talked to who uh, got involved in, in the cannabis business. And, and many, many of us have personal connectivity to the product itself, either through a family member or through their own personal medical experience. So that, that was a very, very uh, similar story that I've heard from you. You, you made the selection to get involved with Cureleaf. Tell us about the company, the, those of us that, that uh, frequently listen to this program certainly know about it, but give us the, the elevator pitch on Cureleaf and where, uh, where you see it's at now and, and why you think it's such a fantastic opportunity for you. Yeah, I think um, when you look at cannabis uh, on the whole, you've got a lot of choices. I mean, a lot of people were, were coming out of the ground and starting up companies. But uh, when I started, Cureleaf was in the top three uh, companies, multi-state operators, if you will, that had a mission to grow, uh, rapidly expand. Um, as we sit here today, Cureleaf's in um, 18 states as we speak. We'll be in 21 by any day now uh, as we finish up on another uh, acquisition and a closing of an acquisition. But um, I, I get excited about high growth um, high pace, high energy. Can you hear me? Nope. No, I just, I just heard a, a drop off. Uh, you can just continue and we'll, we'll fill the gap. Okay. Uh, I just, I found it to be a high growth, high pace, um, and then a new entity. You get to build this from scratch. It's not often in your professional career, you get to build a company and an industry at the same time. Right. So uh, I, I looked at that as actually an exciting opportunity. And then when you do your homework and you realize uh, how well backed Cureleaf is, they're funded well, they're smart. Um, they're going about it, in my opinion, prior to me joining, they were going about it the right way, which was um, while it was aggressive growth, it was strategic and it was really uh, metered along the way to make the right moves at the right times. And I think, you know, hindsight being 2020, you look backwards at some of the other companies that were in that top three or four when I was looking at cannabis companies, some of them are almost out of business uh, that were there quite some time ago. So again, I think that really speaks to the fiscal responsibility that Cureleaf took step-by-step step as they continue to expand across the United States. Well, and, you, and so your portfolio now, Chris, you manage that entire retail footprint in the 20, I'm sorry, 26 states, would you say? Well, we're going to end up at, at uh, 21 states um, retail is not covered in all of those, but to some form of operations in each one of those states. Um, but yes, I do. I am responsible for retail for the company. Wow. A huge responsibility and, and dynamic because it's so it's changing every day. As you see states, uh, consider either expansion of their medical market or the creation of a recreational market. So th these opportunities, I guess, are dynamic, um, uh, I'd love to see what your in inbox of your Outlook folder looks like every morning. It's got to be daunting. Um, there is no finish line, right? <laughs> you just uh, you get up and you, and you get after it. I mean, I think the interesting thing that was a learning for me, and again, you don't just walk into cannabis and bring all your expertise and think it's all going to apply because you're basically running, uh, because of the different regulations, you're running different types of companies in every state. So getting a handle on that, trying to create uniformity, while still uh, appealing to all the right regulations and being above bar in each one of those is, is a challenge. But I'll be honest with you, for me, it's been the most fun I've had in quite some time. I'm sorry. I was having, I'm having some connectivity issues here. Are you hearing me, Brasco? 
Yeah, Chris, I was I was noting that I, that you're with the how dynamic the growth in this market has been with the changes that occur so frequently, and and the the oddity of frankly developing a new business model in individual states as opposed to on a national level. Your uh, the challenge for you must be every day just keeping up with how the, the marketplace is changing, particularly uh, where you're trying to manage uh, the growth of a, of a company like Curaleaf. How does it feel doing that? Um, I think, like I was saying, I, I think this has been uh, a challenging two years. I'm, I'm just, August will be my second year anniversary with Curaleaf. And the first six months, you really just got to listen and take it in and understand the nuances state by state. Uh, partnerships are key and understanding, asking extra questions state by state, because one missed question, one missed opportunity can be a make or break in a state. So again, it's, it's really understanding, knowing what questions to ask, understanding the, the regulatory environment that you're working with within that state. But it's been a blast. I've had so much fun learning the industry, navigating the industry, um, understanding the timing at which things need to happen. And then I think what happens over time is as you've become, and New Jersey is a great example of where over time and doing things right, you become a partner to the state you operate in rather than somebody operating within a state. And I think as you continue to build and foster those relationships, you become a trusted resource. And now you're opening up dialogue rather than reading a manual and, and adhering to a policy. And I think that's a big linear shift I've seen over the last couple of years. And that's a fantastic attitude to have uh, when you're in a regulated marketplace like we are in cannabis. As you as you uh, tap into all the experience now you're having in these other marketplaces, how do you see uh, the New Jersey marketplace? What what how, what makes you find that marketplace interesting? And how does Cureleaf envision its opportunity in New Jersey? Well, Cureleaf actually embraces a limited licensed high barrier of entry state like New Jersey. Uh, they have been, I will give them a lot of credit. They started up with a stringent program of six licenses. They've since uh, gone out with more licenses. Not all have been perfected yet. However, it's still a high barrier of entry. Uh, it's still a limited license. And we like the regulated market. The regulations aren't the issue. The regulations help you get quality product with full transparency at a good value to the consumer so they can see what they're getting. The patients know what they're getting. So I think while I've been with the company over two years, I've watched them liberalize the medical market one time already since its, its original onset. And I think they've made really smart moves to widen the program, allow more patients in, get a comfort level between operator and state, right? And then continue to push this program. And you, you hear a lot of conversation around legalization in New Jersey. And I think the reason that conversation is happening, my own opinion as a Jersey resident, is that they are comfortable now with how the program operates. And they can start with a, a more stringent adult use if they'd like, or they don't even have to go to adult use. They could potentially go to even more lenient uh, medical use. So I think the way that they're approaching it is really smart. And I think it's really strategic. And I think they'll continue to have a successful program because of the way they've approached it in, in step changes along the way. Right, I might even go a little further. I think the, the regulators and the New Jersey population itself is tremendously benefited by ethical operators like Curaleaf has demonstrated in this marketplace and has basically shown the way forward through example 
And really, uh, the largest impediment in the cannabis business, in my opinion, has always been uh, the negative connotation of, uh, that's been thrust on this business from a long history of prohibition uh, policies that have failed. And now, in order to work your way out, it's not just a question of, of waving your hands up and down and saying, gee, it's not really true or that's not really accurate. You guys have really shown the way through leadership and uh, the, the way that you've operated with the regulators to gain that level of respect and trust. So I, it is a two-way street. And I think it's, uh, I do think that your experience helps and, and uh, promote a more liberalized policy overall. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah I think I think you you hit it now. The table stakes or price of entry is 100% transparency. You don't have too many opportunities in a new industry, in a new state, or wherever you're 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 operating. You don't have a lot of free passes when you have so many people that have been working against you for so long. But such a critical moment in time. I think if we go five, ten years from now and we look back, we're going to look at the pandemic as a moment in time where can, cannabis was legitimized on a national level, being deemed essential across the country in, in most of the states in which there was a cannabis program uh, to begin with. So I think when you really put these together and fast forward and what were some significant moments in cannabis, I think the, the pandemic coronavirus is going to be one of those moments where you're going to look at on a timeline and go, wow, they, they took a real leap forward in that moment because not only were they deemed essential and they were operating well, they rose to the challenge and continued to fulfill the needs of the patients in the right way, in a safe way, work with the states, continue to modify, and worked across the country to, to really legitimize this above board all the time, every time. Again, those are the table stakes for being in cannabis. You just have to be 100% transparent and continue to operate um, holistically in favor of the patients. Let's just take a, a moment for some important information from our sponsors, and we'll come back and talk a little bit about some obstacles to success. Cannabis Realities will return after this brief recess. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Vampire, a show dedicated to exploring the many potential therapeutic uses of the cannabis plant. Once a cornerstone of healing and now making a heroic comeback, cannabis has the potential to promote health and well-being bring the body back to homostasis, and foster recovery for a healthier way of living. Hempire focuses on a diverse range of serious health issues, presenting views ranging from those of patients and their loved ones through those of researchers and medical professionals. Welcome to Hempire. Hey, take a look at this. They're selling smart pots. <laughs> they have pot that can make you smart? Where is it? Not that kind of pot. 
Smart pots are the best aeration container to grow your plants. Check this out. This is the original fabric container for faster producing healthier plants. They're made with a superior fabric that delivers high yields. Plus, smart pots are reusable and sustainable, so you can use them over and over again, no matter if you use them indoor or outdoor. That's very smart, but how good are they for the environment? Smart pots are BPA-free and lead-free, so you'll always be able to ensure a pure, clean grow, and they're 100% made in the U.S. Over 28 million smart pots have already been sold, so it seems like a smart investment. Look for smart pots in close to 2,000 garden centers throughout North America and ask for the original fabric container. Find a store near you or order yours online at smartpots.com. Cannabis Realities is back to cross-examine the issues affecting the cannabis industry. Only on CannabisRadio.com. I think we're, we're, we're back with Chris Melillo from uh, the Senior Vice President of Retail Operations at Curaleaf. Chris, we've talked a little bit about the tremendous opportunity and success that Curaleaf's had. From your perspective, what do you see of, uh, that are the obstacles to success in New Jersey? Or, or how have you encountered the challenges in New Jersey and dealt with them? That's an interesting question because I look at it differently. Uh, it's a privilege to operate here. I don't see any challenges that aren't that you can't overcome. And the, the reason I say that is, uh, I think the biggest obstacle in cannabis, whether it's New Jersey or anywhere else, is the unregulated markets, the illicit market, right? Our, our responsibility at Curaleaf is to provide uh, tested high quality products. And I think over the course of time, even in my short two years with the company here, we've been able to watch a groundswell of that information being more and more important to be able to uh, drive out the illicit market, drive out the need for the illicit market, right? Uh, legitimize the, the product and legitimize the need for the product and then continue to, again, as we discussed before, operate at such a high level in partnership with the states, specifically New Jersey, if you want to talk about them, and continue to modify the program to bring in more and more patients who may not have wanted to be part of the program to begin with, or maybe there were some negative connotations, or maybe there's just old theories or, or philosophies about the program that we can continue to battle against. So when I look at it, I don't really see it as uh, obstacles or challenges. I just look at it as where we are today in the industry, and that's the way we're asked to operate, and we'll continue to operate and educate and move the program forward. As far as my job is running retail, would I love to have credit cards today? That's a challenge. Absolutely. Am I going to lose any sleep over it? Absolutely not. You're giving me ATMs. I'll get handheld ATMs that we've set up. So handheld debit machines that we can use in our store, which is the next closest thing to using a credit card. So we're going to continue to evolve with the rules that we have in front of us. And then we're going to continue to, to ask for continued um, leniency around cannabis and just make it normal, just like any other business, no different than alcohol, tobacco, liquor, any of these uh, industries that had to go through reform change over the period of time. Yeah, that's a that's a healthy attitude to have about what some might view as obstacles. And and in fairness, some of them aren't created by New Jersey at all. The banking challenges, the credit card challenges are just something that we're dealing with because of the, the bipolar nature of this business model right now on the federal level. So talk to us a little bit about your New Jersey operation, where it's located, what kind of capacity you have, how many patients you're serving. Uh, assume that 
some of my audience up in the northern part of the state hasn't made the trip down, but tell us a little bit about where Cure Leaf is in New Jersey and what it's doing. Yeah, Cure Leaf has one open dispensary right now in Belmar, New Jersey. Not Belmar, the short town, but Belmar, WR. Um, so we, we operate about a 6,000 square foot facility there. Uh, within the what I'll call campus, we have uh, grow, manufacture, and retail all on the same street. Um, our, our, retail, um, our, our retail operation is, uh, one, is one of the original six licenses in New Jersey. It was one of the early ones to perfect all three phases of its license. Um, we do have the opportunity to uh, add more additional retail locations uh, to our license. So we are currently looking at multiple locations in order to expand our footprint. We are uh, asked to be in a certain region. As New Jersey started the program, we were asked to be in the southern, uh, more, southern more hemisphere of the region. So I think we go as far north as just south of Trenton, and then we go down to Atlantic City-ish. And it's not a straight line across. We kind of come down on a pie-shaped piece with the widest part of the pie being in South Jersey. So uh, we have our specified zone. We're, we're trying to map out and figure out where we want to be within that zone. And hopefully some point in the new year, we'll have at least our second location open that we're diligently working towards now. So if we, if we take our uh, lens back a little bit and put the whole country in the frame of view for Cure Relief, give us, put the New Jersey operation in the context of the broader Cure Relief business uh, uh, so that you can describe that for the audience, Chris. Sure, that'd be great. So uh, as of right now, we currently operate in 18 states. We have 57 dispensaries open with uh, a handful in construction as we speak. We have 15, 15 cultivation sites uh, and 24 processing sites. We employ over 2,200 Cure Leaf employees across the country. So Belmar being one of our, our flagship locations in that portfolio, but as you can see, quite a significant footprint by Cure Leaf as an MSO. Wow, fantastic growth. And, and, and you, uh, since you've been with the company, you've seen even New Jersey's uh, amount of registered patients grow exponentially under Governor Murphy's leadership. Um, that can only be better for not only patients, but also the demand for product in New Jersey as well. So you see it that way? Sure. Um, I think what we have seen in New Jersey specifically is obviously an expanded program. More qualifying conditions was the last loosening or liberalization of the program. Um, I think we'll continue to see uh, patients come to cannabis as an alternative solution uh, to some of their qualifying conditions. So I think, again, all, all things in New Jersey seem to be pointed in the right direction. Um, and we, being one of the original six licenses here, uh, are able to serve our customers at a high level because we did have our cultivation open early our manufacturing alongside of it, as well as our retail opened up. And we've modified those over time, but still continue to be successful here in New Jersey. I wanted to talk a little bit about product development, knowing that you're on the retail side of the operation, but just as you would view uh, product development, looking back at Cureleaf, how does the, how do you go about assessing where specific patient needs are showing you or showing the company where new product opportunities exist? How do you go about evaluating them at the company? Yeah, so I mean, first and foremost, you have to um, you have to comply with what the state allows you to have in the way of formats, right? So early on in the program, there's there's different regulations, whether it's loose flower, no, no loose flower, vape, no vape. 
right? So you, that's your first barrier and you figure that out by state. But now we're old enough as a company that we have history or sister store data or sister, sister state data. And we can start to really take a look at how we penetrate. And again, um, this industry, it's no secret that flour is king, right? That's still your primary driver in most states that have all formats, uh, followed closely behind by vape. And now a new growing category seems to be edible. I think uh, coronavirus has maybe changed some people's habits into something a little bit more dis discreet. Uh, but I think as long as you're looking at your sister state data or we have now collected data across the country and we can look at that data and tell us exactly how these um, penetrations by category would would build a new state or build a new uh, business for us. So I think it's it's important to keep your eye on the history, yet it's such a high growth. You're constantly forecasting even within those well-established formats. It certainly seems from at least the way I observe the, the regulator's attitude towards retail operations has has generally loosened up under the Murphy administration compared to a uh, predecessor administration where you had a much, you, know, you had THC caps, you had limitations on delivery systems. That has, 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 um, has changed, not I'd say at a lightning pace, but it certainly since you've been at the company, you've seen the regulators in New Jersey open up a little bit in terms of allowing uh, different products to be uh, to be sold in, in the medical market. Yeah, again, it goes back to that relationship and building that trust with the state. I think uh, I think the governor has taken a little bit of a different approach currently than past uh, regimes, but I think uh, it'll continue to expand as we continue to see the uh, rising tide of new patients as they've liberalized. And I think this is across all states. I mean, it's Cureleaf is seeing, and we're out on the forefront of the change across America. I take it as it's not if, it's when all the states will have some version of, of cannabis over the next five years, whether it be medical or adult use or whatever it may be. I mean, that's my own personal opinion. Um, but we're seeing that liberalization happen every day, every election, um, every change in, in local um, government. This is part of it. And I think there's a real reason here. There's real jobs to be gained and there's real tax to be collected and to help support these budgets uh, we're a viable business and we should be a viable business. So uh, I think people are starting to catch on and everybody at their own pace. Right. And, and unless I'm mistaken, I think I read uh, earlier this month that, that New Jersey's even liberalized uh, uh, delivery services or allowing delivery services. Have you been ex experiencing that? Are you, are you interested in probing delivery services for the business? Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe um, you know, New Jersey through COVID looked at this as an opportunity to once again liberalize and make a change. And like we have done in our other states, we have stood up delivery because it was a change made that was needed for the uh, protection and safety of our people, our, our team members, our, our employees, uh, our patient base, uh, elderly who are the high risk that maybe, you know, shouldn't be out or exposed or have pre-existing pre uh, conditions that would preclude them from being in any situation. Uh, where they have to shop. So delivery is a great vehicle, no pun intended, but <laughs> it will continue uh, to, will, will continue to look to stand up delivery in New Jersey because it's just another way for us to service our customers and, and our patients. And I think it's, there's, there's no reason why we shouldn't have it. The whole world is Uber fast, Grubhub fast, Postmates. Why wouldn't you have the same service 
that we could provide, especially when you have patients that might be immobile or need help. Yeah, well said. Let's take a, a brief pause uh, to hear some important messages, and we'll be right back. Cannabis Realities will return after this brief recess. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or eight years old. You can still learn something that's gonna make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The concierge for better living with Doc Rob. Only on cannabisradio.com. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at S-H-O-O-G-I-E-S dot com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet, take-anywhere treat. Trends and technology, processes and products. We cover these areas and more on The Cutting Edge of Cannabis. Be informed from the latest initiators of new innovation. Learn about the latest breakthroughs and best practices in the cannabis and hemp industries. Better products, better infrastructure, and better sustainability. The Cutting Edge of Cannabis, consulted by the American Cannabis Company. Cannabis Realities is back to cross-examine the issues affecting the cannabis industry. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Hey, we're back with Chris Melillo. Uh, in our final segment, Chris, I'd like to, to put on our forward-looking goggles uh, because they're always the most comfortable because no one will ever say that we weren't right uh, because we'll have the benefit of 2020 hindsight when people get around to listening to it. But we're now in New Jersey. We're paused uh, for the public to consider a public question in, in November's election to create an adult use marketplace in New Jersey. And as I've counseled clients in the medical space, everyone wants to be in the medical space for the all the good reasons that you've detailed. Curalease mission is across its footprint, but they also are interested in being on the ground and ready to adapt if and when an adult use marketplace is created. How do you see the question shaping up for, for New Jersey electorate and, and I'm sure it's somewhat informed by your experience and what you hear from your patients in New Jersey as well. But how do you see New Jersey playing out on the uh, on the public question? Well, if you're if you're reading, you know, all of the news around cannabis, New Jersey tends to rise to the top of the conversation, along with Arizona, as a couple of potential states to flip to adult you know, adult use potentially in the next uh, round of elections. Uh, but I don't have a crystal ball. I can't tell you that for sure. I will tell you that, again, it's a it's a state that has take, taken a real step approach to each phase of liberalizing cannabis in the state, and I think they've done it really well. Um, I think it's a state that can absolutely handle adult use if it wants to, and I think our responsibility at Cureleaf is to meet the state where they want us to be. If that's a program they want to stand up 
then we want to work with them and assure them that we'll do it the right way and that all the uh, license holders will handle it the right way. Uh, I think we have to, as a state, continue to work on uh, enough supply. If you do open it up, I think there's a large segmentation of cannabis users that don't want their name associated on a state database, database as a cannabis card holder. So I think that's a big influx of patients that don't want to be in a patient database. So I, I think, and again, I, veterans come to mind when you say that. And so I think that there is still a large segmentation of the population that still wants to adopt a regulated cannabis environment. Um, and I think if we can do it right and work with the state, we'll be ready for whatever they call upon us to do and work with them in either way, either a more liberalized uh, medical state, which I'd be in favor for, and, and or an adult use state, which I think has, uh, you know, obviously a lot of chatter around getting approved this fall. And what that means over the course of approval to actual implementation, we've seen states do it quickly. We've seen states take their time and get it, you know, what they think over the right appropriate timing. So, so many things to try and vet out. Uh, I don't have those answers. What I do have is a great company with great resources, both uh, for medical states, as well as we operate some adult use states as well. So we've got the blueprint in order to implement it quickly uh, in a myriad of different uh, variations, if you will. If you reflect back on your time with uh, CureLeaf, what, what surprised you most uh, about becoming involved in the cannabis space? Some, some, anything particular that you think of stood out as, as sparkingly different than you thought it might end up being? Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind, Charles, is I remember, A, I've never seen that much cannabis until I walked into one of our grows for the first time in one spot. So that was that will always be a moment in my mind. Um, but really the piece that stands out to me is the reason I got into the industry was the average age of our patient. It's my mom and dad. It's it's not always it's not what people perceived it was. And I was one of the people that may have had a preconceived notion on what's the right age that you would normally see as you walk into a dispensary. And it's people fighting real issues of pain and lack of sleep and lack of sleep because of pain and arthritis and fibromyalgia and things that don't affect the 28-year-old. This is a, you know, and I'm just paraphrasing here, this is a 52-year-old issue or a 60-year-old issue. And that's the patient population that I saw when I first walked into a bunch of our dispensaries. And, and it literally left a lasting impression of two things. One, the stereotypes are generally wrong. And two is we're really helping people have better quality of life. And to me, that's damn important. I think the same reason that made me look at cannabis, which was making mom a little bit more comfortable, is the same reason somebody else's mom is in our dispensary and we're helping them out. So I bring it back 360 home to myself and go, we've got an important calling here, just like being open and being deemed essential uh, across the country. That's an important calling and a huge responsibility. I look at it as a huge responsibility to, to provide knowledge and quality product to these patients that are using it for real reasons. Well, I can't get a stronger finish than that, Chris. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, Chris Malala, doing, doing good work at CureLeaf. Um, and thanks so much for taking the time to share with us, Chris. Charles, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.